Hello, I'm Will Sampson. Welcome to the Woodworking Network Podcast. Welcome to the Woodworking Network Podcast, where we explore the business of woodworking and what it takes to succeed. I'm Will Sampson. This episode is sponsored by FDMC Magazine. Today we'll be interviewing Dustin Hunter of Hunter Trim and Cabinets in Fort Worth, Texas, talking about the amazing transformation of his shop through applying lean manufacturing principles. But first, let's talk about magic or technology. The famous science fiction writer Arthur C. Clarke was fond of saying, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Think about all the magic we hold in our hands these days. Cell phones in our pockets are more powerful than the most sophisticated room-sized computers of just a few decades ago. Paired to the internet, they are nothing short of amazing. Have a question? The answer is in the palm of your hand with the magic of Google. But having this magic so conveniently available has done something else to us. We've become much less patient for answers, progress, and change. We want what we want now. If we can't get it as easily as flipping a light switch, then that's just too much work. We can't be troubled to do research past the first page of Google. This really applies when it comes to improving our businesses. We want magical leaps in production and profitability by simply turning on a machine, rearranging the shop, or hiring the right person. When I talk to people about the benefits of lean manufacturing techniques, they get really excited hearing success stories of seemingly magical results. But when they learn that adopting lean is more about accepting a process of continuous disruption and change in their business, they are less enthusiastic. I guess it's a lot like all the people who want to lose weight and jump for the latest diet craze while avoiding long-term health and fitness improvement programs. Where's that magic solution that will make it all better? In the shop, it's like the owner who buys one new machine and expects it to transform his whole operation, even though he hasn't spent the time to figure out how to integrate the new technology or properly train staff. Continuous improvement, working in many small increments over time, can reap rewards that seem like magic. The Grand Canyon was not carved in a single action, but instead by the minute actions of flowing water over centuries and eons. But the result is no less magical. In the same way, constantly improving your flow and efficiency, constantly improving the knowledge and skill of your employees, constantly reevaluating every part of your business, including your own management decisions, that all adds up to major magic over time. Rather than waving a magic wand once, you are building a better magic wand every day. Mentioning lean manufacturing leads right into our guest today, but before we talk to Dustin, let's pause for a word from our sponsor. FDMC Magazine is your vital source of information to improve your woodworking business. 
whether it is keeping you apprised of the latest advances in manufacturing, helping you solve your wood technology problems with Gene Wengert, or inspiring you with case histories about successful businesses and best practices, FDMC Magazine is there to be the sharpest business tool in your shop. Learn more and subscribe for free at woodworkingnetwork.com slash FDMC. Now let's talk to Dustin Hunter about his lean journey. Welcome, Dustin Hunter. Thanks for having me, Will. Appreciate it. This is great. I wish we could have done this in person in Arlington, uh, just down the road from your place in Fort Worth. But uh, uh, we're going to make the best of what we can here, and we're going to uh, uh, dive into some of the exciting things that you've done uh, in uh, uh, your lean journey, uh, your shop. Uh, first off, though, I want to talk about uh, uh, your shop and give folks uh, a little bit of a uh, handle on what kind of an operation. How did the Hunter Trimming Cabinets get started? Yeah, so um, I've been doing this uh, pretty much all my life. I grew up in the cabinet uh, industry. Uh, I worked in the cabinet shop all through high school and through college. Um, and when I got out, I had this crazy idea to start a cabinet shop like like many of the people listening to this. Um, so uh, that was uh, back in 2005 when we started this company, Hunter Trimming Cabinets, uh, we're in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, we've had a, a steady growth every year, uh, even through the recession, um, and even these last few years. Um, so we, we've continued to be successful, been very fortunate in that, that regard. Um, like I said, we're, we're located in Fort Worth, and uh, we have about 30 employees. Um, our plant is about uh, 12, 13,000 square feet currently. Uh, we have plans to build a new facility uh, later this year. Um, we're, we're reconsidering that with everything going on right now because we just don't know what the, the fallout is going to be. But uh, um, we have about 30 employees. I think I said that. Um, yep. And our, our annual revenue is around $4 million. That's great. And, and what kind of work are you specializing in? Good question. Um, what we do is mostly hiring residential um, uh, cabinets. Uh, that's about 80% of our business. The other 20% is interior trim and stair work um, on site. And you also do some com commercial work too, isn't that correct? Uh, a little bit. Uh, uh, less than about 5 to 10% of our, our business is commercial. It's all residential. That's great. That's great. Well, I want to get right into uh, your lean journey. When did you first get interested in, in lean manufacturing? Um, back in 2013, uh, I'd been reading FDMC uh, for several years, and there was a gentleman um, uh, writing an article in there. Uh, I'm sure many of you know Jim Lewis. Jim Lewis, uh, yeah. I was following his articles month to month. I've been doing that for about a year. And um you know, we were struggling at the time to with deadlines and, um, you know, we had all this work, but uh, we were struggling to get it out and get it out on time. And uh, I'd been reading some stuff and, and it really intrigued me. So uh, I was kind of at my wits end um, and um, Jim's email was in the article. So uh, I, I fired off an email uh, to my surprise. He he immediately uh, within a few hours had responded to uh, my email. Um, and that's how I got introduced to, to the first 
part of lean and uh we we made some arrangements and we had jim in our facility in about two weeks uh to do wow. an assessment and That's you know great. to kind of you know just just give us some knowledge and um the interesting part about it was um it it, it cost the money obviously and uh, at the at the time it was a considerable amount of money and uh, i think in, in retrospect um the sheer cost of it of, of hiring a consultant and we hired jim for a, a six-month uh engagement uh he he's out of michigan and he came and he worked with us one week a month uh for about six months and um it was a considerable amount of money uh but uh like i say in retrospect our back was against the wall we, we could not let it fail because we just could not spend the money and not have this be a meaningful thing for our business um so that was the motivation certainly uh it just we couldn't fail um but what we got out of it was so much more um certainly how how did you get buy-in from your staff? I know from from I've done some consulting myself and and uh, visited hundreds of shops and and when you get into a situation where somebody's saying, "Oh, we're going to do this new thing, this lean manufacturing," uh, you often get a lot of eye rolling from your staff. What what was the reaction from your staff, and and how did you get them on board? Sure. And it was, it was tough. Uh, you know, I definitely uh, don't want to misguide anybody. It was tough. Uh, we, we lost some employees along the way. Uh, we've, we've since uh, worked through most of that. And, um, but, you know, initially it was, you know, the, the guy thought I landed from outer space uh, with some of the stuff that we tried and implemented and, and were successful in doing. Um, the, the biggest, the biggest thing that I, you know, I just, I was very relentless in it, um, a day in, day out. Um, we, uh, I think they saw my passion and, and my drive and I was in the trenches with these guys, figuring out problems and doing things. Um, so, you know, there was some pushback certainly, uh, but we overcame it. Um, we still, you know, uh, from time to time deal with some of that today, uh, to be honest. No, I, I know in a lot of, of lean transformations, there are guys that do research themselves and try to do the transformation on their own without outside help. How important was involving Jim Lewis and, and having that outside consultant? You know, I think it was, um, uh, again, I mentioned the cost, so that was a driver for us. We couldn't, we, we didn't have a choice. Uh, his involvement was critical uh, in our success. Um, for, from an accountability uh, standpoint, you know, he came in once a month and he worked with us and then left us with homework, if you will. Um, and, and, and on and on we went for about six months. And, um, you know, to his surprise and ours, you know, we were very successful between those intervals when he came in. So I think it was, um, it's very, uh, very important in the early, early days to, to get that outside help and, you know, to get us going down the right path. Uh, it wouldn't be something that I would do long-term. And we've brought Jim back several times over the years. He and I have become really good friends. Uh, he's a great mentor of mine. Uh, but I think initially uh, it was a big help. That's great. That's great. Well, of course, the, the big mantra with lean is, is the Japanese word kaizen, which means continuous improvement. What was your first big lean success? You know, I think the biggest difference 
you know, almost initially that we did, we were uh, at the time we, we did everything in batches. Um, and one of the biggest things we did early on was we would box all the cabinets on our warehouse floor. Uh, then we would come back and put all the doors and drawers on, you know, in this huge batch. And we got away from that almost immediately and started building cabinets one at a time. Um, at that time, we were still batching the cutouts, uh, which came later to, to kitting things. Uh, but that was one of the big early things that we did um, that really had a big impact. Can you quantify that impact? What did it, what did it do for your, your throughput? Um, sure. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you several figures here because um, this is, you know, what people seem to, to focus in on is the metrics. And, you know, at the time we weren't, we really weren't um, monitoring anything or keeping up with anything. Just a, a small company that hadn't been in business too terribly long at the time. And we just didn't know what we didn't know. So, um, but what we, what we did was we just started counting boxes and um, we doubled. Um, I think when we started counting, we were doing about 15 a day, give or take. And uh, within about six months, we, um, we, we got that number to close to 30. Um, we've since refined all that and we have a point system that weights the cabinets on complexity and size and, and, and things like that. And, um, we've since, um, continued to improve that over the years. Um, it's hard to make that comparison back to cabinet numbers to the, to the point system, but I can tell you that we, we did quadruple in size and gross sales in the first five years with, um, almost the exact number of staff on our shop floor. Wow. Um, that's great. So, so those numbers are usually pretty meaningful to people. Yeah. Yeah. Now what kind of, of physical improvements were made in, in the shop? Did you, you rearrange things? What, what did you do? Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, when we engaged Jim, you know, the funny thing about it was one of the main reasons we brought him in was, to help us lay out a new facility that we were already in the process of building. Um, and uh, to my surprise, he came in and says, I'm not going to help you with the new layout, uh, but I'll teach you how to do, you know, how, you know, about lean manufacturing and lean principles. Uh, so that was a little bit of a stunner right out of the gate, but uh, not long after this, you know, about six months after we got started, we, we moved into a new facility and um, the, the layout that we initially had um you know, looks nothing like what our plant does, you know, seven, eight years later. Um, I think with the exception of our door department, all the other departments have been shifted around to make the flow work better. Um, all new benches and tables. Uh, we have added a little bit of equipment, nothing, not a lot. We did add a CNC um, about two or three years in. Uh, so initially we, we stuck to our guns and we really didn't add any machinery. Um, we were still cutting things out on, on table saw. Wow. Now I know that, that, uh, you've done a lot of things as far as, as organizing and cleaning up the shop and getting things in the right place. Can you give people a, a kind of a, a perspective? I know there's a, a video online that Brad Cairns touring your shop where he's pointing out that that you know everything in your shop has a place and there's even tape on the floor showing where carts go and things like that yeah i mean uh, and a lot of lean is um we don't want to struggle uh, we don't want to, we certainly don't want to struggle to find anything uh so we want to make sure everything has a place and that 
every everything is labeled and, and easily found uh, and it's in the right place. Uh, you know, for instance, we want the tool or the drill that we need to do whatever uh, we're doing on the bench to be where it needs to be, not on the other side of the table, not at the opposite end of the table. Um, we want everything to be where we need it uh, when we're um, doing whatever the task is. And, and that could be working on a bench. It could be running a machine, could be running a, a shaper, a molder. Uh, we want all the tools uh, to change the cutter uh, at the machine. We don't want them in a toolbox across the across the shop. Uh, so we, we try to get everything exactly where we need it within arm's reach of where we need it uh, and make sure it's labeled and make sure it gets put back there every time. Um, so, uh, you know, not rocket science, certainly, but uh, it has a huge, huge impact on the, the daily flow of your work. I imagine it helps workers, too, because they're less frustrations and uh, just getting their jobs done. Absolutely. And, and we talk about this every morning. Uh, you know, our goal or one of our goals is to to make their job easier. Uh, and, and we engage everybody to to have a play in that and have a hand in that. And, you know, my selling point to everybody is why wouldn't you make your job easier? Um, you know, uh, so, yeah, absolutely. That's all we have time for today, but we will continue our interview with Dustin Hunter in the next episode. You can find all of our podcasts at woodworkingnetwork.com slash podcasts and in popular podcast channels. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And thanks again to today's sponsor, FDMC Magazine. If you have a comment or topic you'd like us to explore, contact me at will.sampson at woodworkingnetwork.com. And we would really appreciate it if you fill out the survey at woodworkingnetwork.com slash podcast hyphen survey. Thanks for listening.